Hi, you're tuning in to Evangelist on Kit from Babu's message on Unlocking the Faith in You. You're listening to part one of this series. There is only one source, and his name is Jesus! Hey everyone, it's so good to be back again one more time, uh, reaching out to all of you. Now I'm excited about what I'm going to be teaching you today. I want everybody to stick through to the end because I want you to know what I'm about to share with you is something that is very close to my heart. And it's not more of a message, it's more of a heart-to-heart uh, talk with you that I want to have. And it's unfortunate that a lot of times I see in the kingdom of God that, you know, it's like everybody that I talk to, the biggest constraint that they constantly face in their lives is finances. Finances hold people back from their blessing, from what they want to do in their personal life, in their ministry, in their job, in their businesses. Everybody's like, you know, my finances are not going well. Brother, please pray for my finances. Please pray for my finances. And unfortunately, every single time I, I, I talk to people, whether it's a preacher, a businessman, a person working a job, whatever it is, everybody tells me, brother, my problem is finances. Everything is going great. But my problem is finances. So that's one of the constant things I've heard. But one, I was watching a video of Kenneth Copeland the other day, which really struck me so hard, which really changed the way I thought. You know, he, he, he's standing in this, uh, you know, this, this airplane hangar with a video. He's recording a video. And he shows everybody all his planes that he's flying. And then as he turns around to himself, he says, it's not a money problem, it's a faith problem. So here's the thing, at the end of the day, the reason we are not able to accomplish, whether for a personal life or a ministry or a business, it's not because we have a money problem, it's because we have a faith problem. Whether it's a miracle that you want in your body or for your family, it's not a family problem, it's a faith problem. Everything, everything that we deal with on a regular basis, it's not a money problem, it's a faith. I want to reiterate what I'm saying, it's not a money problem, it is a faith problem. And unfortunately, a lot of people have become prey to the idea that money is something that, you know, some people have and other people don't have. Some people are destined to be rich and other people are not destined to be rich, which is, which is absolute nonsense. Because I believe that everybody in the kingdom of God deserves and is capable of being rich. Because God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't care what family you come from. It's as simple as knowing the word of God and knowing what the word of God entails and knowing what the word of God can give you access to. It's as simple as this, knowing who your father is. Our father in heaven is not some poor man sitting on a roadside. You know, whenever, you know, imagine this. I'm sitting one day, I say, Lord, I'm praying for a new car. And God gives me a new brand new Mercedes. And then tomorrow you pray for a new car. And then God replies and tells you, Oh, I'm sorry, Sheetal Sapra. I can't give you a new car right now because I bought Ankit a brand new Mercedes. And because of that, heaven is running low on funds. So I cannot pay for your new car. Just wait for a few months till the heaven's funds are back up. Then I'll get you a car. No, heaven has unlimited funds. And that means everybody's prayer can be answered. God has enough money in heaven to make every single person rich. And I believe that God is going to overflow you in such a powerful way by the end of this message today that you will go back from watching this with faith filled in your hearts knowing that it was never a money problem, it was always a faith problem. So just know that it's not a money problem, it's a faith problem. So quickly I want to read a scripture to you. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to open your Bibles with you to Hebrews chapter 3. We'll read from verse 15. While it is said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, failure of the wilderness wanderers. For who having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now, with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in, enter in where? Into the promised land because of unbelief. Unbelief is what stopped the Israelites from entering the promised land. 
Here's the thing. God wanted to take them out of Egypt and into the promised land. But they roamed around for 40 years in the wilderness because of their unbelief and their rebellion against God. That is the reason that Israel went around for 40 years because God said that let, it, let an entire generation die out who had unbelief and let a new generation of faith enter into the promised land. Now even if you look at the story of Moses, it's unfortunate when you think about this, Moses could not enter the promised land though he was the man who pioneered the vision of getting out of Egypt. <clears throat> we all know that, that Moses is the one who drove people, who led people out of Egypt. And unfortunately, though he did that, he wasted all of his time in the wilderness instead of the promised land. And 40 years they roamed around and they could not enter the promised land. Moses saw it only from a distance, but he was never able to enter it. And one of, one of the reasons why Moses actually could not enter the promised land is because when God spoke to Moses, when Israelites were thirsty, when God spoke to Moses and said, speak to the rock, instead Moses struck the rock, the Bible says. And unfortunately, the reason Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock is because Moses almost couldn't believe, how can you speak to a rock and the rock brings out water? There has to be some action, some effort from my side so that the water can flow from the rocks. So that is what Moses was thinking. He thought, oh, you know what? I'm looking at this huge rock in front of me that's supposed to give me water. God said, speak to it. But he said, speak to it. But I can't believe that if I speak to it, it'll happen. So what do I do? <clears throat> Maybe I need to do something on my own. That's what Moses thought. I have to do something on my own to make sure that rock sprouts out water. So he took the staff and he struck the rock and the water flowed out. And unfortunately, that was the reason why Moses could not enter into the promised land. Now here's the thing. Why, here's what we have to understand. That every time when God wants to bless us, we always think of a logical way of how God can bless us. You know, when, when, I, when I talk about things like your faith can move mountains, your faith can make things happen. People are like, oh, how can it happen? I have to do something with my own effort for something to happen. Maybe I have to strike the rock. No, let me tell you, it was never your effort that made it happen. It is God who always made it happen. Now, let me make, make you understand about this, this particular thing with Moses as well. When Moses struck the rock, this is the funny thing. A rock cannot really, I mean, a, a, a rod cannot really break a rock. If you take a stick and you hit a huge rock, you think the rock will break or the rod will break. Now, think about this for a minute. But Moses struck the rock with his rod and it still broke. Moses had faith in his efforts to make things happen, which, which God still backed up and the water flowed out because he loved his servant. But the truth is, Moses did not need to put in his own effort. All he needed to do was speak to the rock and the water would have flown. And the reason Moses could not enter the promised land was because Moses was not willing or was not ready to enter into God's rest. Because the promised land could only be possessed by people who had faith in God. And Moses did not have the faith to enter into the promised land because if he didn't have enough faith, because here's the thing, the Bible, it's clear. What does sin mean? Sin means missing the mark. That's what sin means. The word sin means missing the mark. Now the Bible says that only faith can please God. Other than faith, nothing can please God. How do you get saved? You're saved by faith. You're not saved by your own works. You're saved because of what Jesus already did in the cross and that's why you're saved. And all you need to do is believe with your heart and confess with your mouth and you are saved. So it is faith that you use to be saved. It is faith. Your salvation comes by faith. That's what you have to understand. Now, if such a big miracle like salvation can happen with faith, you think if God can save you from hell, He can't save you from your financial situation? If you had enough faith, you need more faith to be saved than to receive a financial blessing. And unfortunately, Christians have enough faith to receive their salvation, but the minute they get saved, they don't have enough faith to receive anything else in their life. 
and their faith walk stops right there. So what am I trying to say? It's very simple. The only way you can be blessed is by faith and there is no other way, no other way for you to be blessed other than faith. You know, you know the other day, uh, I mean today, I mean this was this evening, I was talking to my team and we were talking about some of the, some of the big things that we're about to do this year. And you know, we were talking about budgets and we were talking about, oh, how are we going to do this? Uh, you, know, you know, how do we raise money for this? Uh, where do we have to go to raise the funds? Blah, 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 blah. So our team was having this huge conversation about how to raise funds. And at that moment, God reminded me and said to me, Ankit, it is not a money problem. It is a faith problem. And when God said that, it hit me all over again. And the Lord spoke to me and asked me, if money was not a problem, how would you plan? And when he said that, it really shook me when I thought about, oh, if money is not a problem, how would I plan? So I told, you know, Kaviraj and all the people in my team, I said, hey, listen, if money was not a problem, how would we do this? If money was not a problem, what, what are the best things, best equipments we can buy for the sake of the gospel? And then I said, tell me how much it will cost me. And they said, this is the plan. These are all the best equipments we need. And th th this is how much we need for that. And then I thought to myself for a moment and I said, suddenly the gift of faith rose on the inside of me. And I said, it will be paid for. I said, here's the thing. If I was working for a secular worldly company, then do I have to pay myself a salary if I'm working under a company? Of course not. The company pays me my salary for the work that I do. So I said this. I said, I said here's the thing. God chose us to work for His kingdom. God gave us a job to accomplish. And if we have to accomplish that job for God, why should I pay for it? Why should I run around, put my sweat, my blood into something to make something happen? I said, it is not my problem to pay for everything. It is God's problem because it is His purpose. It is His will. Now let me tell you this. The one who gives you the vision will give you the provision. If there is a desire in your heart, that desire was not randomly placed in your heart. That desire was placed in your heart by God. And if it, especially if it is a big dream, then it can only be placed by God. Because God does not place small dreams in the hearts of people. He's a big God. He only plants big dreams in your heart. And if you have the dream, let me tell you, step out in faith. And it's not you who's going to have to pay for it. God will pay for every dream, every vision that He has placed in your life. It's as simple as that. It's not at all complicated for you to understand the truth of faith. You don't need, you don't need, you don't need to spend hours and hours begging God and pleading God. You know, I see a lot of Christians, you know, tell me, brother, I've been begging God for finances. I said, you don't need to beg God for anything. I said, all that matters is you building your relationship with God. The thing is, when you know somebody, like for example, you know, uh, take this. For example, I know my little sister, Anika. I know what exactly she's going to do. When she, makes, she, when she has this particular smile on her face, I know she's up to something. You know, when I say do this or do that, I know she will get it done. And I know her character. I know how she reacts to things. I know what she loves. I know what she hates. You know, for example, if I talk about a Marvel movie, I don't even have to ask her, Anika, do you want to go for this movie? No, I know she already wants to go for the movie because I know her so well that she'll want to go, for, go with me for the movie. What, what, is, what am I trying to say? It's simple. When you have a relationship with somebody, you know what their likes are and what their dislikes are. And when you have a relationship with somebody, you know what they can and they cannot do. Now, for example, I can't go up to Anika and ask her to pay or buy me a brand new iPhone because I know Anika is not capable of doing that. I'm not going to go up to one of my staff and say, buy me a brand new BMW because currently they're not capable of that. One day, they will have enough money to buy me a BMW, but I'm saying, but right now they're not capable of that. So if I ask them, I know that I'm not going to get it. 
But here's the thing. When I know God and what God is capable of, I know that He can provide all my needs according to His riches in glory. It's all about knowing God. Your faith on somebody comes when you know that person very well. How do you build trust? How, you, know, the, you know, the definition of faith is so beautiful. The meaning of faith is this. Being 100% sure and knowing for a fact that the rug that you are standing on will not be pulled out from under you. That's what faith is. Being absolutely sure that the rug that you are standing on will not be pulled away from you. For example, I'm sitting on this chair. I'm not afraid that this chair is going to be removed from me. Why? For a simple reason, because I have faith that none of my staff are going to pull the chair from under me. How does that faith come on my staff? Simple, in a simple way, because I know them for so long that I know they won't do anything like that. So in the same way, when you know God, your faith increases upon God and you know what He can do for you and there is nothing He cannot do for you. So when you have faith in someone, it changes everything. So all you need to do is get faith and it will change your life forever. For signs, wonders, miracles, for finances, whatever it is, you need faith at the end of the day. I want you to quickly open your Bibles in Hebrews chapter 11. We'll read verse 1. This talks about faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Things hoped for and things not seen. Faith, faith is the substance. Now here's the thing. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, how can it happen? I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Let me ask you this. When God created everything, the heavens and the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, you and me, when God created all these things. You know, it's like this. You think about this for a minute. There is an artist. And he's sitting down and he's painting a picture. And while he's painting a picture, he finishes the picture. And after he finishes the picture, he doesn't look at the painting and say, Oh, wow, you know, I didn't know this is what my painting would look like. I was just drawing whatever and then I saw Shah Rukh Khan's face on my painting. No, already the artist has a picture on the inside of him that he brings out onto the canvas. In the same when God created the sun, the moon, the stars and the planets, God had the image of what he wanted to create on the inside of him and then he spoke. And when he spoke those things, those things that were not, he called them as though they were and they came into existence. So that's when he said, let there be light. He had the image of what light looked like and then there was light. When he said, let there be sun, he had the image of what the sun looked like. And when he said, let there be sun, there was a sun. So whatever he, God called into existence, he already had on the inside of him an image. And that image came into existence. Now let me tell you this. This is something you have to understand. If you understand this, it will change everything for you. It will change the way you think about yourself. It will change everything. So understand this. Now here's the thing. God spoke everything. He said, let there be light and there was light. Let there be this, let there be that. Whatever he said came to pass. Now, but when, he, when it came to man, everybody in the team, I want you to listen to this carefully as well. When it came to man, God did not say, let there be man and there was man. No, there was not. When, so here's what God did. He took the clay. The Bible says he molded it in his own image. Okay. And then the Bible says he put his breath in him. This is the part I love. It says he put his breath in him. Now this is the amazing part. He did everything. Everything he called it existence. But man, he put his breath in him. Now, if you're watching me today. Sheetal Sapra, Priyal Roy, Margaret D'Souza, Lata Rajesh. When you're watching me today, just put your hands out like this for a quick second. Alright? Now take this hand and put it in front of your mouth. And say this loudly. Say, 
I am rich. I am blessed. I am prosperous. My business is blessed. I receive my promotion. Now, every time you're speaking, when you have your hand close to your mouth, you feel your breath touching the hand, yes? Now, when you're doing that, you feel the breath touching your hand. Now, understand this amazing thing. The same breath that God put into man all those years ago, when you speak, that is the same breath that is coming out of you. Oh, isn't that amazing? That you, when you speak, God's breath is coming out of you. That's why the Bible says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. That's what the Bible says. Life, Jesus said, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Why? Why is, it, why is the power in the tongue? For a simple reason. Because every time you speak, the breath of God comes out of you, from the inside of you. That's what you have to understand. And that's why it's so important what you say, how you speak. You know, I, I, you know I've seen this picture so many times. You know, this, I've, you know, different ministers, business people, you know, all kinds of people. You know, I've seen this all over the world. I remember this once. I was going with this couple friend of mine. Uh, you know, this couple, the beautiful couple, you know, they're amazing pastors. And uh, we went to Toys R Us. So I dropped by inside the toy store with this couple with me and they had their little son with them and they were walking around and the kid saw this really expensive toy that was like 20,000 rupees or something and he looked at it and he pointed and said, mom and dad, I want it. And immediately the parents turned at him and said, what, we don't have money to buy this? What's wrong with you? How can, how can you expect me to buy something like this? I said, and, he, and he looks at him and says, No, I can't buy this. What's wrong? Blah, 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 blah. He starts yelling at his kid. You know, don't you know you're not supposed to ask in front of people? Blah, 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 blah. They took the, the kid's case. And I felt bad for the kid, you know, and I immediately bought the toy and I gifted him the toy. But here's the thing. You know, a lot of people as well, some husbands and wives, you know, you know they, they go to a grocery store to buy things. And as they're buying groceries and everything, you know, the wife buys something expensive and the husband says, how can you buy something so expensive? You know how hard I'm working for the money that I'm earning? I'm working so hard. How can you expect me to buy something like that? Why don't you budget? Why don't you think about what we're spending? You never think about how I bring the money into the house. These are the kinds of talks that are not allowed in the kingdom of God. I'm not saying don't budget, but I'm saying that this is a kind of talk that we should never have come out of our lips. Instead, what do you say? You say, oh, I thank God that our bank accounts are overflowing. And when God blesses us, we're going to buy this immediately. That's how you say it. Change the way you speak. Stop talking like the world. Be not conformed to, to the pattern of the world, but be renewed in your mind by the word of God. So be renewed in your mind with the way you think. You know, I never say I don't have money. Those words will never come out of my mouth because it was never a money problem. It was always a faith problem. So stop talking the way you're talking. You are not a, the son of a beggar. You are the son of the king of kings, of the Lord of lords, the one who created everything, the God who created the wealth of this world, the God who put the oil in the land, the same God who put, put gold and diamonds in the land, the same God who, who, who brought water into existence, the same God. This God is your God. And everything that is on this planet that belongs to Him belongs to you. So stop talking like a son of a poor beggar and start talking like the son of a king. Now, if you, were an, if you were Ambani's kid, would you be talking like that? Would you think to yourself, oh, you know, my wife doesn't ever think about how much she spends. Oh, my son is not even considerate about, you know, the toys that he wants to buy. Does he not know I suffer so much and work so hard to bring the money in? That's the problem. You are working and you are trying to bring the money in. Let me tell you, you don't need to labor. All you need to do is work. And God will do the rest because He is the one who is able. It's not by my might. It's not by my power. It's by His Spirit alone. God is the only one 
who can bring every dream to pass, the one who gave you the vision, will and shall give you the provision. So stop being a coward and start knowing that God shall provide every single need of you and your family. And that's the truth. You know, again, I want to read one more quick scripture to you. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. If you have your Bibles, again, open your Bibles. Please, when you come, when you, when you sit down to listen to this, I want you to open your Bibles. Because I'm giving you the keys of my life. How God has been blessing me. Hebrews 11, we'll read from verse 6. Open your Bibles. I love this. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Wow. Hallelujah. This is amazing. I want to read this one more time. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is absolutely impossible. Nothing pleases God more than faith. Just let that sink in for a minute. No matter how hard you work, it doesn't please God. What pleases God is faith. The Bible says, labor now to enter into His rest. And that's one of my favorite scriptures. And so, everything that you do, I want you to know, you need to do out of faith and not out of fear. I always say this, if fear empowers the devil, then faith empowers God. The devil can't actually affect anything in your life. Only you and your faithless words are what can empower the devil to work in your life. Because de the devil does not have any power over your life or your situation. The Bible says all authority in heaven and on earth is given unto Jesus. And therefore, you go and preach the gospel. All authority in heaven and earth is given unto Jesus. That means every authority in heaven and on earth is given unto Jesus. That means authority over finances, authority over sickness, authority over depression, authority over everything that the devil can try to bring against you. Jesus has all the authority. And because you're his children, you carry the same authority in your life when you walk and when you talk. You will never hear unbelief come out of my mouth. You know, a lot of times, this used, this used to be my talk, when we, when we used to do a new project, especially in business and all that, I would say, you know, uh, if it happens, I'm going to sow this much. If it happens, I'm going to sow that much. If it happens. No, 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 no. Immediately, the, it was almost like God slapped me and said, said, change the way you speak. So I changed the way I speak. So now I don't say, if it happens. I say, when it happens. I will sow. When it happens, I will do this. When this deal comes through, not if, because there are no ifs and buts in the kingdom of God. Because everything that you put your hand into shall and must prosper in the name of Jesus. And I don't care what the world says. I don't care if people say it's impossible. If you have faith, then God will back that faith up. Open with me again quickly. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea. Now listen to me. Jesus said, Whoever says to this mountain, Be thou cast into the sea. Now let me tell you, When there is a mountain, I promise you, Unless until your superman you cannot go and push that mountain out of the way. If you say you can't push the mountain out of the way, then you're a complete, total idiot. I'm sorry to say this, you need to go for a checkup and see if you're completely sane or not. So, what am I trying to say? Even if you try to push a mountain with a hundred people, take a thousand people. Oh, fine, take 10,000 people and push a mountain. You think you can move a mountain? Of course not. So nothing you do can make something that is that big move. So how do you move it? The Bible says, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. That means have faith in what God can do. Not in what you can do, but have faith in what God can do. For assuredly I say to you, whoever, it doesn't say 
a five-year-old, 10-year-old, 70-year-old, or a person who's been in the ministry for one year, two years, three years, or a person who's been, been in business for one year, you know, some people, you know, one year, two years. No, no, it's saying, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Let me add, he or she will have whatever they say. Are you listening to me? I'm going to do that one more time for you to understand this. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have. It doesn't say he may have or he might have. It says he will have whatever he says. That means you will have whatever you say. If you speak something negative into your own life, that is what you will have. If you speak something that God and his will has for you, then you will have that. Whatever you say, you will have. That's what I want you to know about God. Whatever you say, you will have today. So it's time that we stop coming to a point where we keep thinking, how is it going to happen, brother? How, is it how am I going to be blessed? How will my business prosper? How will I become rich? How will I become a millionaire? How will I become a multimillionaire? Let me tell you, stop asking those questions. If God has put a vision in your heart for you to do something, as long as you wait, nothing is going to happen and nothing is going to change. The only way and the only thing that can move God to move with you is your faith. The Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, again, the scripture says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, let me ask you this question. Can somebody follow a parked car? I don't think so. Have you ever seen somebody sitting in a parking lot? behind a car that is, that is parked and say, and you go up to them and say, what are you doing behind this car? Oh, no, no, I'm following a parked car. No, nobody says I'm following a parked car. So let me tell you, these signs shall follow them that believe. <laughs> I love what Reinhard Bonnke told me. He said, God does not sit with the sitters. He goes with the goers. So God does not sit around with lazy people. I love what you know, the other thing Reinhard Reiner Bonke told me. He said, God will pick you up from the deepest, darkest pit of your sins, but he will not pick you up from your easy chair. Oh, man. That, that hits me so hard. He can pick you up from sin. He can pick you up from depression. He can pick you up from all these things, but he will not pick you up from your easy chair. I'm just trying to say this. God will move with your faith. All that it takes is a step of faith. Do not doubt in your heart, but say to this mountain. Now let me, let's take a second. Just think for a minute. What is the mountain that is stopping you from going to the next level? What is that mountain? Picture that mountain in front of you right now. And say to that mountain, Be thou cast into the sea move out of my way in the name of jesus and we say that the mountain moves hallelujah right now do it as you're standing there speak to your mountain to move i'm telling you if it is an actual mountain like a real life mountain to move it will also move God was not just being metaphorical when he said, you know, the mountain moves. The mountain of your problems will move. No, no, no. He meant a literal mountain can move with your faith. If a mountain can move with your faith, your problems are just a piece of cake. Are you listening to me? Now, that's the most important thing. Today, think about your mountain. No matter how big it is or what the situation is, God is able to move every mountain out of your way if you don't doubt in your heart, but you have faith. A faith that overtakes you. I want to quickly read one more scripture. But to each one of us, 
grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things. That he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. Oh man, I love this scripture. I absolutely love this scripture. For equipping of the saints of the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. That's why, you know, the Bible says when two or three agree upon something, it shall be done. A lot of people say, you know, I prayed with three or four people and, you know, uh, we believe we prayed all night, but nothing happened, brother. Why didn't anything happen in my ministry? Why didn't anything change? Though we prayed so hard, we prayed all night. Let me tell you, the reason these things don't happen when you pray with somebody is that they might agree with you with their mouth, but not believe with you in their hearts. And that's the biggest issue in the kingdom of God. The unity of faith is what is missing. And you know, that's why a lot of times, I'm telling you, a lot of times I don't even talk about my vision to people. I don't even go and say, you know, uh, uh, you know the Lord told me to do this. You know, this is my dream. This is my vision. Blah, 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 blah. This is what God has told me to do. I don't say any of those things. You know why? For example, if God told me to start a fuel station. I'm not going to go up to somebody and say, you know, God told me to, you know, start a fuel station. You know, uh, pray with me. Or I don't go around telling people, God told me to do a crusade here that's going to cost me one crore rupees. No, I don't say any of those things to people. You know why? For a simple reason. Because they'll say, oh, Ankit, great, 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 great. You know, it's awesome. But, you know, think about it practically. There are a lot of practical issues in the plans that you are making. You have practical issues. Did you think about this problem? This is problem number one, why it can't happen. Problem number two, why it can't happen. Problem number three, why it can't happen. Problem number four, why it can't happen. Problem number five, why it can't happen. People will sit around and tell you what cannot happen. I remember this when God told me to do this huge event once in, uh, in Bangalore City, I brought in a bunch of professional peoples, professional people to come into my studio and sit around with me and talk about planning this whole thing. I'm telling you, I sat in that room, in that conference room for one whole hour. One hour I sat in that conference room. They never even spoke. These are professional people. They never even spoke to me about how we could do this event. They only told me a hundred reasons in that one hour why it can't be done, how difficult it is, blah, 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 blah. You know, we have to do this, well, maybe, I don't know, this, this might work out. They're talking to each other. Just a room filled with unbelief. So I heard them out for one hour. I don't even know why I wasted my time there for one hour. I immediately got up. Literally, well, everybody just suddenly stopped and looked at me. I just got up and walked out of my office and just left. I just left that room. And everybody thought to themselves, they're like, Ankit just left? They're checking. Where, where is brother Ankit? They started looking for me. I was not there. They called me, brother, where are you? They thought I went to the bathroom. And I said, no, I'm not there in this office. I'm already back at home. And they're like, why did you go back? I said, I did not come all the way from my house and sit in this room to hear a bunch of unbelieving people who don't believe in the vision. I said, you all are fired from the job that we're, we have at hand. And I'm going to just find one person who will believe with me to get this done. And that's when I met Kaviraj. You know, he, Kaviraj is with me in the ministry for what? About seven years now. And Kaviraj and I, we pulled that whole crusade off. You know, we, I wanted to, God put in my heart to do a crusade in a mall in Bangalore called Garuda Mall. It was, it, it was one of the largest malls at that time. And we had like almost 
3,000 people packing out that mall, people getting saved all over the place. And people said it was impossible to do such a thing in Bangalore city. And here's the thing, I didn't need those 15 people who sat around and told me why that crusade in the mall could not happen. I needed just one person to believe in that vision who had the unity of faith and we were able to accomplish the impossible. So don't throw pearls to swines who don't understand the value of the vision that God has placed in your heart. Instead, surround yourself with people full of the faith, full of faith on the inside of them who will believe in the vision that God has placed in your heart. And when then, when you, they believe in your vision, then when two or three agree, it shall be done. Are you listening to me? Agreement is not just with the mouth. Agreement is with the heart. So ditch all those people who don't believe in the vision. Find one person who believes in it and go for it with all your heart and God will enable everything that you've been dreaming about to come into being into your life. So don't go throwing around your vision to people who don't understand the vision, who will talk down your vision. Instead, be around people who will support and back up the vision at all times. Let me tell you this. Even today, if everybody who's working for me right now left me at this very moment, I have enough faith to know that the one who called me is faithful. And the one who brought me this far will take me further. I did not come this far because of people. I came this far because of God. Because He was always my provider. In the same way God is your provider, no man is your provider. No man will help you in your vision. Only God will back up your vision. All that you need to do is have faith and everything will come to pass. Have faith in God and do not doubt in your heart and say to that mountain, be thou cast into the sea and it will move. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And that's the important part. Now you think about it. Why do we even give? We don't give because, because it's, 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 it's a religious duty that we follow. No. We give out of faith. When we give, what are we saying? God, my faith is not on finances. My faith is on you. And that's why you sow a seed. You will sow a seed because you have faith in God that God will provide all your needs. You know, how do you know what's your seed? Simple. If something does not meet your need, it is your seed. Are you listening to me? That means if your expense for this month is $1,000 or 1 lakh rupees, and all you have in your bank account is 50,000 rupees, the 50,000 rupees in your bank account is not going to meet your need. So what do you do? It's your seed. So you sow that seed in faith, saying, God, I don't believe that money will take care of me because my faith is not in finances. My faith is in you. And that's why you take the seed and you sow it. And when you sow it, it proves to God your faith because you moved. And when you move, God will move. That's why we give. Everything in our Christian life is based on faith. So now, what doesn't meet your need is your seed. So that's what you have to understand. Now, if, if you have, say for example, your, uh, your need is $1,000 for the month, or it's one lakh for that month, and at that point, all you have is 50,000 rupees or $500 in your bank account. And now, your $500 or 50,000 rupees is not going to meet your one lakh rupee need. So when it doesn't meet your need, it is a seed. It's as simple as that. So that's what you have to understand. Everything that we do, even our giving, is done by faith. By faith, you sow a seed. It's as simple as that. And I want you to know, it really comes back to that at the, at, at the end of the day. Your faith is what moves God. When you sow a seed, you sow it out of faith, saying, God, my trust is not in how much I have in my bank account, but my trust is in you, that you will provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. 
It's as simple as that. What doesn't meet your need is your seed. So you sow by faith. Everything that you need for your life, it happens only through faith. If there is no faith in your giving, then your giving is not going to bring you any result. If there is no faith in your speaking, it's not going to bring... Now here's the thing, a lot of people pray out of fear. Like in a sense, for example, you know, I know this one couple who lives in the U.S. You know, uh, one day I was in their house, and as I was sitting in their house, you know, they said, Hey, uncle, you know, do you want to go out to this beautiful restaurant to eat dinner? I said, absolutely, I'd love to go with you. And, uh, you know, when we were about to leave, suddenly the, the family gathered around, and suddenly they started this chant of these scriptures, you know. The sun shall not smite us, but in the moon by night, the Lord will keep our going out and coming hence for the end forevermore. No supervision, rest upon every tongue that raises against him, be in judgment, blah, 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 blah. They're going on reading all these scriptures of protection over their lives. And uh, uh, for almost like five minutes straight, and I'm just sitting around and I'm looking around and I'm like, what are these guys doing? Why are they just going nonstop about this? And the husband suddenly responded after the whole prayer and I said, why do you guys pray? You know, pray like that so fast in such a weird thing. And they said, oh, uh, we pray like this so nothing bad happens to us. And I said, what? You pray this prayer out of fear? I said, let me tell you, the Bible says in Job that what Job feared the most, it came upon him. Even if you are quoting scriptures, but you have fear in your heart, that, that is not going to work in your life. You don't pray out of fear. You pray out of faith. Knowing that God will protect you. When I say sun shall not smite me by day, neither the moon by night, the Lord will preserve my going out and coming in henceforth even forevermore. I'm not saying that because I'm afraid that the, that the sun will give me cancer and by saying this I'll be saved. No, I'm saying this by faith knowing that God is not going to let the sun smite me by day, neither the moon by night. The Lord will preserve my going out and coming in, henceforth even forevermore. That means the Lord will protect me. I know beyond a shadow of doubt that the Lord will protect me from every accident on the road. So I don't pray out of fear saying, oh, I'm so fearful if I pray this, Maybe nothing will happen. No, it is not a mantra. It's not a chant. You say it out of faith. If there is fear in your prayer, then it will not be effectual in your life. But pray not by fear, but pray by faith. Ask God for things not out of fear. Like for example, when people pray, Lord, uh, by the end of this month, I need 5 lakh rupees. And if I don't get 5 lakh rupees, I don't know what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm going to lose everything, Lord. Lord, don't you see I'm in trouble? Lord, help me. Lord, look at me. I'm in trouble. Lord, help me. No, no, that's not how you pray. Instead, you say, Lord, I know that I need 5 lakhs by the end of the month. And I know I don't have to worry about it. Because I am not my provider. My business is not my provider. My job is not my provider. I know that you are my provider. And I thank you, Lord, that the five lakhs, I see it coming in. I speak to the five lakhs, wherever you are, come into my bank account in the name of Jesus. When you speak by faith, the money will come in. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? The difference between a prayer of fear and the prayer of faith. That's the difference. You don't pray by fear. You pray by faith. It's not, Lord, if you don't do something, my life is going to be ruined, so please do something. No. Lord, I know that you will always take care of me, my family, and my business at all times, and you will not let me down. When you have faith in God, you know that no matter what situation takes place around you, that God will always show up on time to protect you and to vindicate you at all times. So don't pray out of fear, pray out of faith. Don't sow a seed because you have to sow a seed. Sow a seed out of faith to show God that your dependency is not on money, but it's upon Him. Some people come up to me and say, Brother, can you please pray for my cancer? I'm like, what? Pray for your cancer? 
So you're saying it is your cancer? So I said, if it's your cancer, then keep it. Keep the cancer. Why do you want to give up your cancer? If it's your cancer, you should keep it. Some other people come to me and say, brother, please pray for my financial problem. I said, great, it's your financial problem. You should keep it. Brother, please pray for my headache. Yeah, great, it's your headache. You should keep it. No. Poverty, your headache, cancer, tumor, sickness does not belong to you. It belongs to the devil. Shake it off. Let the devil take it back in the name of Jesus. Because it does not belong to you. So first of all, you have to understand what belongs to you and what does not belong to you. Sickness does not belong to you. Poverty does not belong to you. Depression does not belong to you. Tumors, AIDS, headache, whatever it is, cancer, I don't care. Financial issues, they don't belong to you. But what belongs to you is health, finances, overflow. These are the things that belong to you. So you have to understand what does not belong to you and kick it out of your life and speak what belongs to you and bring it into your life. It's as simple as that. So stop saying that these problems belong to you. It is not your cancer. It is not your headache. It is not. It's your health. It is your prosperity. It, those things are yours. Sickness is not yours. Poverty is not yours. So understand and change the way you think. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for all the precious people watching us today. I release your glory right now. I join my faith with theirs today and I release an overflow of blessing right now into their lives that every vision that you have placed in their hearts, I pray that you will bring the provision as they choose to sow a seed by faith in the name of Jesus. Right now I release your glory. Every demon of sin, sickness, Satan, demons, curse, black magic, witchcraft, sickness, diseases, Whatever it is holding their lives today, I break the hold in the name of Jesus. I pray let faith come alive in the name of Jesus. That they'll be able to kick out everything that is not from God and bring in everything that is from God. That they will not pray by fear, but they will pray by faith from today in the name of Jesus. Let faith arise on the inside of them. Let their lives never be the same from this very moment. I release breakthroughs after breakthroughs into their lives in the name of Jesus. Let them overflow many physically, emotionally, in love, in joy, in peace, in prosperity, all the days of their lives. Let their lives never be the same from this very moment. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. If you were blessed through Evangelist Ankit Rambabu's message, we encourage you to sow a seed through our website, www.ankitrambabu.org. Don't forget to sow a seed today for the harvest you're expecting in your life. You can also invite us to your city, send a prayer request, or a testimony through the same website. Register for free on our website today. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening. Yay, guys.